0: So, I figured I may as well talk about something I like for once, so here's my completely non-biased review of Resident Evil 3 make. Resident Evil 3 is the story of the hottest woman to be associated with the color blue, since Katana from Mortal Kombat, running away from the gnarliest set of teeth since Melina from Mortal Kombat. Jill Valentine, badass super cop with all the training in the universe, is trying to escape Raccoon City, a place that I've played through roughly a shit billion times and have yet to see a single raccoon. Get on that Capcom. On her journey, she comes across colorful characters such as Rainbow Six versions of the Colonial Marines and a pissed off skyscraper who's mad that his Star's Network free trial has ended. The story plays out in a surprisingly breakneck pace with very few quiet, slow moments to go around. There's almost always something waiting excitedly for its turn to jump out or explode in the Michael Bay film that is Resident Evil 3, but that's not necessarily a downside. It's not quite Resident Evil 6 levels of over-the-top, but how many times can Jill be smacked against railings sent flying by explosions and GTA worm-infested tyrants off of buildings before she suffers irreparable damage? And that's just the shit that happens in cutscenes. Jill meanders quite slowly for someone who's being chased through a burning building, up a different burning building, down a burning roof, and she refuses to run until the game says it's probably a good idea. I honestly think a Resident Evil 6 system of always running, and a good old sprint button could have been more effective here, as there is absolutely no point in giving Jill a slow walk, as you'll never have a chance to use it. With the already suffering length of the game, however, it's probably for the best, otherwise you wouldn't be able to see all the gorgeous scenery the game has. I think 3Make has some of the most gorgeous locations in the entire RE series. RE1 Remake will always be the most Resident Evil-looking game to me, But Resident Evil 3's hospital has the perfect blend of environmental storytelling and aesthetics. It's almost Dark Souls that way. This entire game excels at the environmental storytelling, because you can see who fucked up, and where, and how, in almost every zombie, every corpse, and every crashed car. Like everyone else I've seen, I feel that there are some missed opportunities. But I think the game that we got, especially so soon after RE2, is absolutely great. It does suffer a bit in that its environments are so short. I think replacing the Dead Factory, which is the coolest name for a final level ever, with another generic fucking lab, reducing the Clock Tower to a single boss fight instead of the gorgeous, borderline gothic mansion we got, or we deserved, and making the RPD a Carlos-only section, are shortcuts that make no sense and rob those sections of what made them so great rather than improving on them. This seems to be a recurring problem with Capcom remakes, at least on the Resident Evil end, as they take the features that make the original so great and strip them to their barest bones for the sake of a singular, linear experience, rather than building on what was there and making them better. The RE2 remake could have been the perfect game had they taken steps to change just a few minor things, but the most egregious is to make the Scenario B matter... at all. You only have to play through the game once to get the full experience. The second runs as they've been renamed are nothing in comparison to Classic Scenario B. It cuts the connecting threads between the two characters to the point where it makes absolutely zero difference if they met at all. It almost ruins the story for me, and it gives me no reason to care about replaying through the game as the other character. Because, what, I'll get to see two extra rooms and a new 20-minute segment as a different character? Oh, I'm sorry, Leon gets to outrun a half ass boss fight. But it's the same boss fights, at the same time, with the same mechanics, and the only difference is that I may have a consequential Y chromosome. It's not just lazy, it's inexcusable. I don't play Resident Evil 2 to see Mr. X rip off Nemesis. I play Resident Evil 2 to see what happens when I decide to play as the other character side of the same story, with vastly different interactions and entirely new boss fights, and actual consequences for what I did in my first playthrough. I feel personally robbed by all the missed potential in the RE2 remake. That all said, I do still love the game for what it is, and it is about the most polished game I've ever played. With that horrendous rant over, back to Resident Evil 3. I bring up the RE2 comparison to illustrate that for all its flaws, RE3's cuts are nothing. It cut a couple levels, it made a couple changes to what was there, and it took out maybe five dirty, dingy alleyways. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Looking at it in perspective makes it clear to me that Capcom did listen, and they fixed at least the combat. Knives are no longer defense items, but they're also not disposable. You get one permanent knife. It's also hilariously ironic that Resident Evil 3 was infamous for how bad the knife was, but now it's about the best knife in the entire series, especially when you unlock the hot dogger. Not exactly the uh, greatest at naming things this time. Though progression is much faster in this game, it's also more in line with the universe's events. You're trying to escape the city, not take a fucking tour of it. In my opinion, it's almost perfect as far as the game length goes, in this particular game. Yeah, you could have had an extra 30 minutes of a clock tower, would have been very nice, and if you had taken 15 minutes out of a Carlos section, I'd be even happier. And for that matter, give Jill the fucking RPD back, it makes no sense as a Carlos section. Even the in-universe explanation makes no sense, and it feels like deliberate padding. Don't get me wrong, I do much prefer the new Carlos to the old one, but I don't want to spend 40% of the game with him. On that note, I have to say that I think all the characters are done more justice than they really warranted. Carlos is still snarky and flirty, but in a human way, not a walking stereotypical one-liner. He knows when to get serious, and he takes Jill seriously. It's a small thing, but I appreciate it. Mikhail is much more interesting, too, and I like how he's the established leader of the UBCS. In the original, it's said and more implied, but Nikolai seems to be the leader, especially with his subplot about the supervisors, which is completely absent here. See, in the original, Nikolai was one of five supervisors who were supposed to gather combat data on BOWs versus UBCS squads, but Nikolai went rogue and killed the others so he could have their paychecks. Here, it's implied that he works for Wesker— that he makes cash on the side selling Umbrella secrets and data. It's more thought out, and it ties in with the series nicely. Nikolai seems like exactly the kind of person Wesker would look for. He's so concerned with self-preservation that no one else comes before him. He's a deeper or at least more understandable character, and I appreciate that. And the facial animations on these characters is top fucking notch. They all emote Perfectly, and I definitely love that. Jill is a mixed bag for me. She leans heavily on the side of great, but there are a few tiny things I can't say I like. As gorgeous as her new face model is, no one could ever compare with Julia Voth, who has been her official face for the last 18 years. It may have been time for a change, but this new face doesn't scream Jill Valentine to me. Maybe it's a personal thing. I love her redesign, though I think it may be overcompensating for Jill's old RE3 look, which has been. Deemed a little too sexual, and it takes heavy inspiration from the new Tomb Raider games. I get that they wanted to make a change for practical reasons, though, so I give it a pass. Now we come to the big one. The badass in a series known for cheesy voice acting, bad writing, and badasses. The world hentai champion himself, Nemesis. When I first saw his leaked image on the PSN store, I loved it. I didn't see the crooked nose at first, and while that's a bit of a detractor for me, it's not enough to kill his amazing new design. It's not as odd as giving Mr. X a fedora, for example. I don't understand why he's covered in caution signs and garbage bags, but it's fine. a Bit overkill, but fine. In theory, it's good character design, as it adds both subtle humor and storytelling in just his outfit, but it detracts from his old design, which had flavors of Pinhead and the Cenobites from Hellraiser, and the continuation of a Tyrant line. If RE1's Tyrant was a slightly premature, mindless monster, and Mr. X was a perfect super soldier, Nemesis looked like an offshoot project, which is exactly what he is. He's not perfect, but he's a prototype for a brand new method of making soldiers. This new design rings a bit of that, just not nearly as effectively. His gameplay, however, is a point of big contention, and it's all because of one huge problem. Resident Evil 2. See, in original Resident Evil 2, Mr. X only appeared in the B scenario and only at precise measured moments. Scripted moments, yes, but they could not have been done better as the game stood. He was the highlight of your second playthrough. Now he's the highlight of the entire game, because instead of a threat who would scare you to death for about a minute every half hour, he took all the pages from Nemesis's playbook, memorized them, then swallowed the book so Nemesis couldn't remind himself how to be fucking Nemesis. That's an overly long way of saying, Mr. X was too much like Nemesis. If Capcom had made Nemesis the way he was, we would have collectively bitched that he was too much like Mr. X, so they had to reverse roles. Now Nemesis is the occasional inconvenient jump scare, and Mr. X is a constant, unstoppable threat. It was the wrong decision to make Mr. X so oppressive, because Capcom had nowhere to go but down. That's not to say Nemesis is done any real injustice here, as he is an amazing antagonist, maybe even better than he was in the gameplay department. But still, it's a downgrade from what he should have been. His dynamic with Jill is a bit different, as in the original, he felt like he was following orders until his first big mutation. Whereas here, he seems to really, really, really want her dead. It's like he looked at the stars in Wonder as a child and said, fuck you and anything named after you. We were promised a much more intense, much more aggressive, and violent nemesis, and Capcom delivered 100% on that, as long as we're talking about the original nemesis from 1999. He pops out at predetermined points and then fucks your life up. And this isn't old nemesis, either. This is nemesis from Marvel vs. Capcom, the one who can lock you into a combo, knock your ass in a corner, and then combo you some more because he fucking hates you. So while nemesis is a bit of a missed opportunity, I will say that overall, He's almost as good as we could have possibly gotten after the Resident Evil 2 remake. Now, everyone bitches and moans and complains, and I'm no exception, but very rarely does anyone offer some real alternatives or advice as to what to do. So here are my ideas that I think could have helped the game make the game the best it could be. Number one, Nemesis. I'll start off with what I really want to say. Instead of copy-pasting what they had, I feel that they should have leaned into the uncontrollable parasite that powers Nemesis. For those who don't know, tyrants wear a power limiter trench coat to keep their powers in check. And since Nemesis's coat was stitched together and exposed in places like his right arm, making it a very asymmetrical design, I think he should have looked like John Carpenter's The Thing waiting to happen. Make it obvious that he's going to explode into a Lovecraftian abomination, like having more teeth than natural, or strange twitches under his stitched up eye. Maybe even seeing the parasite move under his skin while you're fighting him. Take this and tie it into gameplay. How cool would it have been if you could blow chunks of his exposed body away, eventually putting him on his knees, but you see his parasite put him back together, maybe even wringing a bit of Derek Simmons from Resident Evil 6 and having him use nearby corpses to do so. Go as far as you want with this. Say his mutations all depend on how many times you put him down, how much he's forced to repair himself, or even how you beat him. Hell, maybe when he does repair himself, it's not the same as it was. Like, maybe teeth are there, or writhing worms, or eyes, or something. I get that a G-Virus thing, but that's never stopped him before. Indicate that your battles affect him. Make every shot you put on him count. There is so much you could have done to make him a truly nightmarish creature, but alas. My second bit of advice is dividing paths. Yes, I think there should be different paths to take and different consequences and actions depending on them, but I get why that's not here. So I offer an alternative. I think you should have a major choice of where to go during the mission to get the train running, and Carlos could go to the place that you don't choose. Maybe you get three choices, and whichever one you take, other people will take the other ones. Carlos could take one, Nikolai could take one. You could expand the story so much just depending on the permutations of those. It doesn't have to affect the ending. It doesn't have to affect all that much outside of that area. But I feel that it would be a great improvement on what is there. And since Nemesis only hunts Jill, maybe Nemesis will have a different weapon depending on which route you take. Say you went to the bug-infested substation, which I actually enjoyed for the most part. Let's say that Nemesis hates bugs almost as much as he fucking hates you, so this is where you're introduced to his flamethrower. But if you went to another area, you'd be introduced to a minigun instead. This alone could have provided tremendous replay value, and it could be tweaked and taken as far as you'd like. I also think that you should have had civilians impact your playthrough in some way, maybe having them offer advice, or giving you keys to shops that they had to abandon. Something to make you give a shit about the people who are about to die. And my final bit of advice is on Gravedigger, the one boss who's missing from the game. Yes, I miss the big fucking worm, and I miss all the spiders, and I miss the graveyard and the park and all that good stuff. But while it's seemingly absent for almost no reason... Hell, they even went out of their way to put the alligator in Resident Evil 2 as a lazy chase sequence. I think they could have tied this into the narrative. At least the worm. So remember, Nemesis is a tyrant fueled by a giant parasitic worm. How easy would it have been to make Gravedigger a mini-boss at least, and having a confrontation with a pure form of the Nemesis parasite, rather than a random mutant worm? It could have even been part of the experiments going on in the Dead Factory, or if you had to have a lazy generic secret underground lair, it could have been part of that as well. There is a bit of missed opportunity here, And I don't feel as robbed as I do in the Resident Evil 2 Remake, but hopefully Capcom learns from their mistakes. But I think that about does it for my opinion on the subject, so I'll stop here. All in all, I think I like 3-make better than RE2, solely for the fact that it just feels better to play. It's not nearly the horror masterpiece Resident Evil 2 is, and it's not nearly as polished, if I'm being perfectly honest. They cut out most of the gore effects, Much to my disappointment. But between the sheer fun I've had with the game going on my ninth playthrough, possibly tenth, depending on how you look at it, and oh hell, I didn't even mention Inferno Mode. Don't play Inferno Mode unless you're a Dark Souls god. That's all I'm saying. That goddamn final boss took me two hours to beat so he can go fuck himself. Anyway, thanks for listening to me ramble in favor of a game everybody else hates. Old nemesis is best nemesis. An Ocarina of Time is better than A Link to the Past. Bye-bye.